0: Hey everyone, this is Pastor Ian Reed-Twiss at Holy Cross Episcopal Church in Novi, Michigan. And uh, today's sermon was preached on November 3rd, 2019, um, All Saints Sunday. That's the day that we transfer the Feast of All Saints and uh, spend some time in church remembering our uh, beloved who have died and passed on. So that's the sort of subject of the sermon. And there is a poem that we read in place of one of the readings on this day, so I will read that next, and then the sermon will follow afterwards. Enjoy! On the Death of the Beloved, a reading by John O'Donohue. Though we need to weep your loss, you dwell in that safe place in our hearts where no storm or night or pain can reach you. Your love was like the dawn brightening over our lives, awakening beneath the dark, a further adventure of color. The sound of your voice found for us a new music that brightened everything. Whatever you enfolded in your gaze quickened in the joy of its being. You placed smiles like flowers on the altar of the heart. Your mind always sparkled with wonder at things. Though your days here were brief, your spirit was alive, awake, complete. We looked toward each other no longer from the old distance of our names. Now you dwell inside the rhythm of breath, as close to us as we are to ourselves. Though we cannot see you with outward eyes, we know our soul's gaze is upon your face, smiling back at us from within everything to which we bring our best refinement. Let us not look for you only in memory, where we would grow lonely without you you would want us to find you in presence, beside us when beauty brightens, when kindness glows and music echoes eternal tones. When orchids brighten the earth, darkest winter has turned to spring. May this dark grief flower with hope in every heart that loves you. May you continue to inspire us to enter each day with a generous heart, to serve the call of courage and love until we see your beautiful face again in that land where there is no more separation, where all tears will be wiped from our mind and where we will never lose you again. The father of a friend of mine died of Alzheimer's disease a while back and now my friend, I'll call her Zoe, is pitching and rolling in that ocean of grief whose tug on us may eventually soften but never fully lets go. She had a deep loving relationship with her dad. He was one of the sweetest men she'd ever known. When I learned of his death, I remembered a story that she had told me some weeks before. Evidently. Her father had always been the kind of person who took notes and made lists. But as the fog of confusion wrapped him in its arms, his notes grew grew, uh, more prosaic. They became a way for him to name and document to himself what he was doing, moment by moment. November 23rd, 9.30 a.m., I'm paying my electric bill. May 5th, 8.15 p.m., Zoe has come for dinner. She made quiche. And every once in a while, Zoe told me her father would write, I am here. That's it. Just, I am here. The statement captures the spirit of All Saints Day, this day when the church remembers those who were here once and proclaims that in some mysterious way they still are. Now this is true in a lot of senses. Physically, of course, our parents and ancestors still are here in our bones and our genes, in the habits of speech and gesture we discover ourselves falling into, in the mirror where our faces slowly become their faces as we age. Our friends, mentors, loved ones, spouses are also with us in the synapses that continue to spark in our skulls, illuminating things that they said to us, memories of what they did for us. But the promise of All Saints Day captured in the John O'Donohue poem that we read is that those we've loved are here in some metaphysical way as well, A cloud of saints who have entered into joy, watching and praying for us on our way there. I always think of the cloud of witnesses passage in Hebrews 12, which is oddly never assigned on All Saints Day by the lectionary. That passage also compares life to running a race. And I think I shared about this a couple months ago. If you've ever run a race you'll know that all these spectators line up along the sidelines shouting words of encouragement, telling you you're looking good even when you're not, cheering you on. That stuff really matters. You're miles into the endurance event, and you feel buoyed up by their words. You feel seen and heartened. It's a comfort. To think that all those we've known and loved are doing that for us. Or even depending on how God has wired you to sense that they are. To feel their presence. But I know that God has not wired all of us for such an experience. Some of us are more tied to tangible reality than others. And in this most concrete sense... The note that my, father's, my friend's father wrote, I am here, is only true in the past. He was here, and now he's not here. And yet even this approach to remembering the dead has something spiritual to remind us, all we really have is right now. So the deepest and best way to live is to be with those we love while we are with them, to truly appreciate the presence of one another, to be fully here while we are here. When I moved on from my first church, a member said to me, oh, I wish we'd had you out for tea. All these years we've been meaning to get you out to the house, and I just thought we'd have more time. Well, that's a sentiment that my heart recognizes because I feel those kinds of regrets too in many areas of my life. But as I thought about what this person had said, it occurred to me that there will always be things that we wish we'd done with those that we love but see no longer. It's the nature of being mortal to make more plans than we are able to realize. It's the nature of being human to think we have more time than we do. So maybe the deeper priority is to try and appreciate more fully the time that we do spend in each other's presence, not necessarily to fill our calendars with more social engagements, but to be truly present, whoever we are with. Since all we really have is the moment we are in, Our wisest path is to live as fully in that moment as we can, even when that moment delivers sorrow and suffering alongside the beauty. A couple of years ago, I got a call from a home hospice nurse about a man I'd never met who was entering into the final stage of dying. He'd been an Episcopalian, albeit a lapsed one, for many years, and even though the hospice chaplain had come out and tended to him and his family, his wife and adult daughter wanted an Episcopal priest to come and pray. Well, it was a crazy week, but I knew better than to turn down a cry from the wilderness like that. So I went out, and they led me to his bedroom where he was dozing in a haze of morphine One of the striking privileges of wearing a collar is getting invited into these intimate moments in people's lives by anyone, let alone total strangers. His face was gray, his lips gaped open for air. Opera arias on the CD player floated about us. He whispered his assent to my prayers, so I laid my hands on him and anointed him with oil, and spoke to God as best as I could, grateful for the eloquent prayers that our tradition provides for times when we are at a loss for words. And then I was, as I was getting ready to leave, his wife said something to me that I will not soon forget. He always told me he loved me, she said. I always knew that he loved me. I could see that she meant it. I could see that whatever regrets she may have had, his not being there, truly there, in the living moment with her in their life, was not one of them. I always knew he loved me. May the same said of you and me when the All Saints Day rolls around on which the church remembers us. Amen. Okay, everybody, well, thanks for listening to this week's sermon. And if you want more information about me or the church, you can always go to our website, Holy Cross Novi, that's N O V I, dot org. And in the meantime, have a blessed week, and you can find more sermons as we publish them in the same place you found this one. Take care.